Hi, this is Nick Forster. This week in E-Town, we're going to revisit one of our favorite shows, and it starts right now. Live from E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's guests. Currently living in London, England, none such recording artist, Sam Amadon. From Dayton, Ohio, award winner, Robert Adamson. And from Sweden, Eastside recording artist, Vassen. I'm Helen Forster. Join me now in welcoming our host, Nick Forster. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to E-Town. Welcome to E-Town Hall. We're so glad you're here. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to start with a, a cliche. Music is the universal language. Overused, you hear it all the time, and uh, it's total cliche, but it's true. And we're going to be reminded of that over and over this week as we ramble back and forth from one century to another, from one country, one culture, one continent to another. Sam Amidon is here, the uh, voracious listener and musical alchemist who often starts with the bones of an old folk song and, and then kind of explores it in every direction. And Avassin is here, the Swedish group that is impossible to describe, but fortunately I don't have to describe them because they're here and you're going to hear it shortly. I will tell you that they've been a band for a long time. Two of the band members have been playing music together since 1982 when they would go find musical elders who taught them the traditional folk music of the Upland region of Sweden, the music that has been handed down directly from one generation to another, and they in turn are now part of that tradition and that chain. Of course, they monkeyed with it. They wrote new songs and new themes and rearranged old ones and added guitar chords that changed things, but super dynamic, really beautiful, elegant music, and we're going to hear it right now. So please welcome, for their first visit to E-Town, all the way from Sweden, Olav Johansson, Mikael Marin, and Roger Talrut Vassen.
Isn't that a gorgeous sound? That's such a great sound. Love that. Olaf, welcome, and uh, I'm so glad that uh, Vassen is here. I'm so glad to be here. We yeah. heard so much about this radio show. Um, first, I just want to ask you, the, the song we just heard, is that an original song? That's, uh, that's an original composition? The first tune was a waltz composed ah. by Mikael. It's ah. called Vesen Valsen, mm-hmm. so it's our own. Mm-hmm. And so these are traditional musical forms, but new melodies, new compositions. Very well put. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of traditions, you're playing the nickel harpa. Yes. It's an amazing, frightening-looking instrument. <laughs> Looks like a ship's model of an old uh, Roman battle machine or something. You know, it's a... Yeah, you, you should not be afraid. <laughs> it's very peaceful. <laughs> the oldest picture is from 1350. 1350, yeah. It's uh, loosely based on a violin concept in that it's got F-holes and a carved top. Uh, yeah. It has F-holes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, you play the keys rather than fret the instrument as one would on a fingerboard. Yes, it's wooden keys and they all have a little peg sticking up that frets the string yeah. from the side, giving different pitch to the bowed strings. Can you play a little bit just to sort of let our listeners know exactly what instrument is making that sound that's part of your sound? So here it, here it comes. And how many strings does it have? It looks like a lot. It's 16. 16 strings. Yes. Such a cool sound. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And uh, it's a beautiful looking instrument, uh, despite my earlier comment. (laughs) Let me ask you about the evolution of the band. When you started out, I know that in bluegrass and some traditional musical forms, there are sometimes those who think, oh, this musical form is fixed and it can't really evolve. So when you started out and you started both contributing new songs and also sort of representing these old songs, were you met with any resistance or traditionalists saying, wait a minute, there's no 12-string guitar in this music or whatever? There were two who said that. Only two? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that seems pretty easy to manage if there's yeah. only two. Yeah. No, but it was a new, like duets, like Mikael and I playing melody and improvised second voice. That's completely safe and traditional. But then having a guitar playing the way Roger does, that was a completely new thing. So we brought in a new sound in Swedish traditional music, and it's really interesting to see now that there's many, many young bands. There, It's a trio, it's often a nickel harpa, and a guitar, and a fiddle. Oh, wow, amazing. (laughs) Pioneers. And are they getting all the gigs that you used to get? (laughs) They're right behind us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's so refreshing to see this, you know, as you mentioned, these traditions have been around a long time, but to see them revitalized and refreshed and infused with new creativity and then brought into a, a marketplace where people wouldn't otherwise normally hear this stuff. It's a great contribution. And uh, I've waited for a long time for this to happen, so I'm just thrilled that you guys are here. Thank you. Anything uh, we need to know coming up? I know you did a live record in Japan years ago, and I understand you still tour uh, in Japan and other places. Are there... Are there exciting things on the horizon for Vassen at this moment? Well, we are um, touring with this uh, new CD called Brood, so we're kind of busy with that. But in two years, we'll turn 30, and there's probably 
spectacular things happen. Yeah, of course. <laughs> a level of maturity that only a 30-year-old entity can really achieve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I'm really thrilled you're here and uh, really enjoying this. So let's get back to music. Welcome back, if you would, from Sweden, Vassen. That's Vassen from Sweden. Olav Johansson playing the nickel harper. Mikhail Marin on the five-string viola. Roger Tallrud on the 12-string guitar. Their latest is called Brood. They'll be back to play some more music later on in the show. 
This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. As a reminder for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel, where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. And if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio located in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. Ulof, thank you for that. A little extra nickel harpa music. I believe he was the first world champion of the nickel harpa. And, uh, and then before you take them too seriously, I should also mention that their new record, which is called Brood, is spelled B-R-E-W-E-D. So it's about more about beer than it is about family. Uh, Vassin's going to be back later on to play some more music and coming up Sam Amidon is here and he's going to play some great stuff every week though before we get back to music we get to share a story with you that we heard about from one of our listeners it's always just something simple that happened in some community and generally it grew and blossomed into something kind of beautiful and uh, these days it's nice to be reminded of things that are working and that are kind of positive so I know we're saps but we love these stories and we keep doing it so uh, this week is no exception, and uh, we're thrilled that we get to keep this little tradition going on, recognizing people through the Achievement Award. And here comes Helen Forrester to tell you about this week's winner. Thank you, Nick. Listener John Bros of Miamisburg, Ohio, told us about this week's story. Robert Adamson was a professional executive chef who worked at some of the most renowned high-end restaurants in the Cincinnati area for over 20 years. Following a family tradition of giving back to those who have less, Robert began volunteering at a local soup kitchen in his spare time. He noticed that the experience there for those who came to eat was cold and detached, with no attempt to welcome them or create a community feel. He also found the food served was not the healthiest. So knowing that there had to be a better way to provide nourishing food to those in need, Robert and his wife Kim started the nonprofit Pay What You Can Afford restaurant called One Bistro, where hungry people can eat with dignity and folks like you and me can enjoy great food while supporting this worthy operation. And Nick Roberts here to tell us more about this effort and how they've helped others to help start similar projects. So Right now, please join me in welcoming our Achievement Award winner this week, Robert Adamson of Dayton, Ohio. How are you doing, Robert? I'm doing great. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. We've covered a handful of stories like this, uh, use this model uh, of this pay-what-you-can restaurant. And for our listeners who may not know uh, the, you know, pay-what-you-can-afford a restaurant, the concept, why don't you tell us about the, the procedure? How does it work? Yeah, the idea is we have a suggested price on the menu. 
those individuals who can't afford anything, we require a, uh, an hour of their time. And that just gives us a chance to build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, some people pay a couple dollars. Some people pay the full price plus an additional pay what you can or a tip, mm-hmm. um, a pay it forward model. Yeah. Um, well, tell us about the kinds of people who come in. Well, um, the Dayton, Ohio area is number one in the nation in heroin overdoses. Wow. Um, so every day we have um, addicts, um, we have homeless, we have um, CEOs, we have politicians, business owners. And Dayton, for those who don't know, was a manufacturing hub for generations and a national cash register. There was a steel mill there. There's lots of people working in manufacturing and most of those jobs are no longer there. Is that That's right? correct. Yeah. So I didn't realize that, that it's the number one city for heroin overdoses. So it's, there's a lot of people in need. Mm-hmm. And yes. um, when you're thinking about your menu and preparing, do you kind of imagine uh, the kinds of people who are coming in or do you just try to make the best meals you can with the ingredients you have at hand? We have a set menu, mm-hmm. pretty high-end, gourmet pieces, gourmet burgers, high-end salads. And it just, again, part of food insecurity is the opportunity for us to educate people on what real food tastes like. People who are food insecure see a spinach being in a can. Yeah. So we have an amazing spinach salad that me personally, I would go and say, hey, why don't you try this? And once they try those flavor profiles, it really changes their way of thinking and breaking the chain of not only food insecurity, but poverty through, yeah. through food. That's wild. And of course, you've got people from the opposite ends of the economic spectrum. So you've got the people who are doing well and coming here to support your efforts, but also mm-hmm. leaving more than they had to spend and others who were at the absolute bottom. Do they hang out? Do they mingle a little bit? They do. Yeah? Yeah, we had a beautiful story. Um, this gentleman came in and, and he was homeless at the time. It was his birthday, so we celebrated that because we're all about family and community. The police officer who arrested him was there. The judge who prosecuted him was there. The mayor of this town was there. And we all got to celebrate that. And he came to me later in the day, and he said, this is my new family. Wow. And it was the people who was really doing their job, right? but they came together eventually and said, we're here to love you and support you. Yeah, and he saw them as other or anti or, you know, yes. not part of his world. Yeah. Um, are you open year-round? We are. Yeah. Is the need greater in the cold weather? It is. Yeah. yeah the homeless population uh, in our one location in Xenia, Ohio, um, they didn't have any day center for the homeless to go. Yeah. So a place like our community cafes are kind of a hub yeah. to come in and hang out and get warm and get a meal. And where, where do you get the ingredients for your food? Um, we have a, quite a few farming partners. We're very seasonal in Ohio. But when we're in season, we have probably 10 or 12 wow. farming partners that bless us with fresh, beautiful ingredients every wow. day. Yeah, Farm to table. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And um, how many people on average are helping to make this happen? Our database is thousands of volunteers. On an everyday basis at two of our locations, we need at least... Six to eight people every day yeah. to volunteer. And do you fund this mostly through those who can pay more than they have to? Or how do you pay for all this? The majority is um, the customers who not only come in for that meal, but they bless us with the pay it forward. Yeah. And when did you start all this, Robert? Uh, 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. What was it, the one thing about this uh, effort that surprised you the most in either direction, either positively or negatively? The generational dysfunction of families that even if they were at one point functional, but for some reason the generational thing just keeps coming back. And, you know, we want to be more than just 
you know, feeding them physically, you know, spiritual mm -hmm. feeding, mentoring them, coming alongside them mm -hmm. to help them break that chain of poverty. Right. What you're saying is that this is kind of a learned behavior that is passed on from one generation to the next. Absolutely. That they don't take the opportunity to find another pathway out through right. education or training, one kind or another. Yeah. Many of us read that book, Hillbilly Elegy, which was sort of about that Southern Ohio, mm -hmm. Kentucky migration to Southern Ohio and, and the options and the challenges there. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, so that's a bigger issue because that sort of in some ways requires going to the source and trying to change the behavior at home where you aren't, or for the homeless population, obviously you, you can be more influential in some ways. Yeah. Is there a first step that you can sort of direct them to when somebody does, for example, you mentioned that customer who had a kind of an awakening, mm -hmm. describing these new people as his, his family. Is there a next step to say, okay, well now here's a place you can go get some training, or here's a place where you might be able to get a job, or here's a place where you might be able to find some housing. I mean, do you get that involved with your customers? We do. Yeah, we have quite a few partners within the addiction population. They can deal with those issues, yeah. job and family services with jobs. Yeah. And we even have a lot of court-appointed people who come in, and they end up staying after their time is up to pay off their fines, which wow. is awesome. Yeah. Wow. So you started this in 2012. How many uh, meals do you think you've served so far? Uh, we're approaching 50,000. 50,000 um, meals. Complimentary meals. Yeah. Yeah. So probably over a couple hundred thousand paid wow. meals. Wow. Do you think this is something that other people can do in other communities? Yeah. And what we're seeing, we've been approached by probably over 60 nationally that wants to replicate wow. our model. Wow. So very soon we're going to be announcing a licensing opportunity for individuals to replicate our model exactly. Wow. So we're already mentoring quite a few nationally. That's so cool. And is there a website if somebody wants to go see pictures and see what you're up to, look at the menu or all that stuff? Yeah, onebistro.org. Onebistro, B-I-S-T-R-O, onebistro.org. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of info there. If people want to contribute or help or support you in some way, they can do that there? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so cool, Robert, that it's a community effort really looking out for those around you. And uh, it makes sense, and it actually invites more people to get involved with, I think, the educational piece, mm -hmm. letting other people feel like they're participating in, in helping the homeless population or the underserved or the addicted. That's really a, an amazing way to engage the community in practical, tangible ways. Yes, thank you. Yeah, well, congratulations. OneBistro.org, if you want to learn more. Congratulations to our winner this week of the Achievement Award, Mr. Robert Adamson from Dayton, Ohio. Congratulations, Robert. Thank you. Now, if you just tuned in and missed part of this great story, you can find it on our website, etown.org. If you'd like to find out how to support this project, or if you'd like to nominate someone doing good work to help either the planet or the lives of others in some way, you can do that on our website as well by heading to our homepage and clicking on the word award at the far right of the very top menu. You can learn what we look for and you can submit your nomination there. Or you can always write us the old-fashioned way at Vox 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Robert. One bistro. We have got more music coming up from Vassin in a little while. Right now, I'm going to tell you about our next guest. Sam Amadon has been at this for a while, this music thing. He started playing the fiddle when he was three years old, growing up in Brattleboro, Vermont. His parents were uh, musical folks. They had been part of the legendary Bread and Puppet Theater based in Glover, Vermont. They were part of a recording of shape note singing, beautiful music. 
Anyway, he started playing the fiddle really young and uh, learning traditional folk music when he was a kid. He started performing professionally at 13, began recording at 14, put out five records with his band uh, that included his little brother and the group Popcorn Behavior. And they were interviewed on All Things Considered when they were all teenagers. So he's been at this a little while. As he got his uh, musical skills even stronger, he also broadened his listening uh, tuning into all kinds of records, folk records and jazz records and field recordings and world music and almost anything you could find. And, and that trend of, I would, I guess I'd call it like deep uh, listening continues today after uh, he's now released his eighth solo record. He's a very soulful singer, as you're about to find out, adventurous musician. He now lives in London with his wife, who's also been on E-Town before, Beth Orton and their son. He is here with his friend, Chris Vadalaro. Please welcome back to E-Town Sam Amadon. Thank you so much.
Thank you. Thanks so much. It's great to be here back at E-Town. Um, we are traveling, Chris and I, across the country, uh, touring around. And we both live in London. We're both from the Northeast. Um, this is a song called Pat Do This, Pat Do That that I learned from the singing of the great Jeff Davis. And I later found out that the version he heard only had the first and last verse, so he found some other verses and put them in the middle. It's the folk process. shoes without our hat nothing in the world but nose to have work on the railroad Boog sugaroo shook sugaroo sugar in the cream shot how do you do just on the railroad far for johnny come picking on the band Picking on the banjo. Brook sugar, shook sugar, sugar in the cream shot. How do you do? Just on the rare off of our bridge. Johnny come picking on the banjo. Brook sugar, shook sugar, sugar in the cream shot. How do you do? Just on the rare off of our bridge. Johnny come picking on the banjo.
Sam Amidon. What a goofball. That's the second time I've been called a goofball in the past week. Welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show. Thank Congratulations you. to New Batch of Songs. Thank you. Always uh, pushing the envelope. I want to ask you a little bit about um, rhythm and pulse and uh, time signature and feel. There's certain kinds of music. For me, it's probably mostly African music where I get surprised when I finally figure out sort of where the downbeat is. You know, it's mm. like uh, it's like looking at something and you you know finally yeah, perceiving a little shift. Yeah. Was that like a puzzle you could solve when you were younger, or is that something you chase? Because I know you, you yeah, dabble in that. Yeah, rhythm is important. I first was into New England fiddle playing, which is sort of a mix of French, Canadian, and Irish styles. And then I really got driven towards the Irish music. And then later on, I got into old-time music. And when you learn all those different styles on the fiddle, each one is like an alternate universe unto itself, you know? And a lot of that is the feeling of the rhythm. Yeah. And obviously, in each case, you can play along at the same tempo to a metronome. But what's happening in between one beat and the next is totally different and unquantifiable. So as I've progressed into other music, I think I've still been curious about that personal quality of rhythm. Yeah. Tell me if I got this right, but the making of this latest record, it started out in a session in New York, mostly with the percussion, right? It was a day of free improvisation. I didn't do it looking for an end. I just did it to kind of clear the decks. And I brought Shazada Smiley, who plays electronics and guitar, and a wonderful saxophonist named Sam Gendel and myself on all my instruments. And then the sort of special guest was Milford Graves, who's a legendary free jazz drummer from the early 60s. He has studied all these different styles, and he kind of plays them in this insane way that's sort of all at once. And so we just sort of played, and it was a mess and beautiful, <laughs> wild mess. And the last 10 minutes of the record is the last 10 minutes of that improvisational yeah. session. First part of the record is much more song-based, but still uses elements that we gathered from yeah. that day. Uh, let me ask you about that sort of that crazy free improv day. The casting is critical, so you found people that you imagined you could communicate with and listen to. Did you have a structure or a song or a concept or a theme or anything? You just like, let's get in the room and we'll just start making some noise. I had a couple little bits that I brought, just a couple melodies, but it was pretty open. Yeah. And um, it wasn't a question of what was good or bad, really, to that day. It was just like, oh, just to open yourself up and go without fear into yeah. the unknown. Yeah. And, um, and when you think about the collaborations, you know, you always, as I mentioned, casting is kind of important. You think about these collaborations where mm. other players and other musicians inspire you. Do you have a, a list of people, or is it just kind of things you discover as you're listening and you say, wow, I'd love to try something with that It's a person. combination of you know, fantasies of imagining things in terms of listening to music and stuff that just comes through happenstance you know, and, and connection. Um, yeah. And for me, like, my favorite activity in the whole world is listening to music and, and like listening to any, all the different kind of albums and you know, seeing people play. So a lot of stuff on my albums is me thinking as a listener, like, Man, you know, Milford, what he does, people think of it as this experimental thing, but really it's very connected to ancient rhythmic traditions. And so what if I brought some of what I love from the fiddle music and sort of mix that in with what Milford does? Right. But we had Juma Sultan on this record who played percussion at Woodstock and with, in Hendrix's band for wow. a year. And he brought a whole different energy than Milford. Milford has a real intensity. Yeah. And Juma came later in the day with this very gentle spirit and played some percussion on the Juma Mountain song that I named for wow. him. Wow, amazing. Well, Sam, I love your adventurousness. I love your sort of wild, uh, reckless abandon. And you just, it's not totally reckless, but it's open. Thank you. Well, listen, let's get back to some more music. And thanks again for coming back. Welcome back, if you would, Sam Amidon.
Thank you. I'd like to uh, have Helen and Nick come sing this with me. <clears throat> this is one called Weeping Mary that uh, my parents recorded with a word of mouth chorus way back in the 70s. Jesus in her draw nigh. Are there anybody here like Mary? A weep and call to my Jesus in her draw nigh. Glory, 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 glory be to my God on high. Glory, 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 glory be to my God on high. Here, like Peter, a sink and call to my Jesus in a draw nigh. Are there anybody here, like Peter, a sink and call to my Jesus in a draw nigh? Glory, 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 glory be to my God on high. Glory, 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 glory be to my God on high. A trembling call to my Jesus and a draw nigh. Are there anybody here like jailers? A trembling call to my Jesus and a draw nigh. Glory, 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 glory be to my God on high. Glory, 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 glory be to my God on high. I'd love to have the E-Town band come on now. We'll do a, a song from an album I made almost 10 years ago now called All Is Well, and the song is called Wedding Dress. Red 
golden thread, golden thread, dressed all around with the golden thread. It's called The Following Mountain. Along with Etones, Chris Engelman, Christian Teal, Ron Jolly, and Helen Forster, and Chris Vadalaro on percussion and bass. Sam Amidon. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. You're listening to E-Town.
Hi, this is Nick Forster. I want to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WUTK in Knoxville, Tennessee, on KSUT in Ignacio, Colorado, and on KBRW in Barrow, Alaska. As always, if you want some more information about anything we're up to here at E-Town, lots of stuff is online at etown.org. And thank you for listening. I'm thrilled that all of our guests could be here this week. Sam, you know, from London, Vassen from Sweden, and of course our award winner from Dayton. It's good to be reminded that uh, we have things that we share, right? The, the things that we have in common across cultures. And of course we share problems and challenges also, but it's a bigger community than we sometimes think. And I, I love that reminder. We are going to get back to music right now. Would you please welcome back from Sweden the wonderful band Vassen. Thank you.
Vassen, Ulov Johansson on the nickel harpa, Mikhail Marin on the five-string viola, and Roger Talrut on the 12-string guitar. Their record is called Brood. Vassen. We've got time for one more song. We're going to get everybody out and do one more song together. I want to thank all our guests this week. Thanks to Sam Amidon, along with his friend Chris Vadalaro, all the way from London. Um, really appreciate their being here. I thank our award winner, Robert Adamson, helping feed those in need in his hometown of Dayton, Ohio, and spreading the word to many other communities. Thanks again to Vassen. Thanks to our house band, the E-Tones, and Helen Forster. Thanks to all of you for being a part of this experience this week. Yet another example of music, in fact, being uh, universal and timeless. We're going to continue that trend right now with our next song. Once again, proving that, in fact, Elvis is alive and well. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Produced by a donor-supported nonprofit organization with help from all of our fine staff and recorded live at E-Town Hall. Our website is etown.org, where you can comment on the show and find all kinds of information. You can also make an Achievement Award nomination there by going to our homepage and clicking on the button called Award. Other ways to reach us are through Twitter, our two Facebook pages, and the E-Town blog.
national distribution of E-Town is made possible by the support of E-Town's family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. Sam Amidon, Vassen, Helen Forster and the E-Tones. Thanks to our volunteers and engineers. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. This is a production of E-Town. Thank you, folks. Vassen is one of my favorite string bands from Sweden. Sam Amidon is such a master of traditional music and giving it a fresh take. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.